The following podcast contains spoilers for Kung Fu Hustle. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Bodden, along with your host, Miguel Stop. That's me. I'm Mario. How's it going? It's going, man. I got some surprises for you, dude. Uh-oh. Uh, I can't wait to hit you with it. Oh, yeah? Guess what? how many movies I saw this week. I'm, I'm going to blow s- your socks off. I'm going to say, not including Kung Fu Hustle, three. Five. Oh! Not including Kung Fu Hustle. Not including Kung Fu Hustle. That is so a total of two six. more than what I guessed. Yeah. Uh, well, uh... And I didn't watch any weeb shit like you expected me to <laughs> this week. Titles or it didn't happen. All right. So first one we have is Kodachrome, okay. which is uh, it's Jason Sudeikis, Ed Harris, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. It's pretty decent. I would recommend it if you're kind of like bored in quarantine. It's about a, uh, That's about likely a, to happen. Yeah, it's about a man who's dying, and he tries to kind of, in a way, reconnect with his son by trying to take him basically across the country to develop a role of film that he had, like, fucking 30 years ago. It was it's oh. pretty good. And Elizabeth Olsen's she's too cute for anything. Uh, <laughs> the next one was Death of Stalin, which has got quite a cast. That Honestly, oh, yeah. the main one is Steve Buscemi. Did you watch that because of my recommendation? Uh, I didn't know. I did not. Oh, I, uh, I watched it because I was like, "That kind of looks funny." It's pretty great. And uh, yeah, it was hilarious, dude. <laughs> Way funnier than I expected. Oh yeah. Um, next one, Extraction, the new Chris Hemsworth movie on Netflix, um, oh. produced by uh, I think it's Joe Russo. It's one of the Russo brothers. And mm-hmm. uh, man, it, that was a good movie. Like way better than I expected it to be. There's a, there's a oneer in the beginning of that that it, it takes my breath away. Nice. And Chris Hemsworth, he's just his physique is just blows my mind. You know. <laughs> uh, the next one was Philadelphia with which, Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks, which is why I made a joke earlier with you about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was pretty good. It's I, a pretty pretty bad joke too. Yeah, it was a terrible joke. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, Tom Hanks's blood is being used to uh, try to find a cure for coronavirus, as it is probably the case with all survivors. And Glenn, what did you say when I told you that? I said, that's probably a bad idea, because the last time Tom Hanks had his blood taken, he had AIDS in Philadelphia. Boo. Actually, I didn't even say anything about Philly. You were just like, you mean like in Philadelphia? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So yeah, that's uh, that's where I came up with that little joke. It was a pretty good movie, pretty decent. Yeah, that's what I hear. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I really want to, but uh, just haven't. one of those I haven't gone around to. And then the last one was uh, Six Underground. Ryan Reynolds, you know, the Michael Bay movie that's uh, mm-hmm. you know, Netflix made with him. Yeah. <laughs> Bat shit crazy every second of the film. <laughs> In a good way or a bad way? It was a good movie for Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I, I wish there was, like, a tracker somewhere of how many cuts were taken in the movie. People just walking across, like, a pavilion, so 18 it's, shots. Did, did they have the same editor as Taken 3? It was bad, dude. It yeah. was, I uh, mean, it was a pretty decent film all over. Like, for Michael Bay, I'm like, all right, that was... Just the editing movie. was shit? 
just the editing was just there's so many cuts but I like that's what michael bay wants yeah he wants i don't the understand always intense film but the thing that i don't get about that is that when slower parts have less cuts you only emphasize the action so why would you take away from your action by making your non-action more more uh, chaotic I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense, which is a big reason why I don't like his movies. Not so much like the uh, the the writing. I mean, the, his movies aren't that great, but he, he does have some good ones out there. Yeah. But, like, if you want your action to be really pumped up, don't make your, your talking scenes like that. Like, it's it's, it's dumb. It's a dumb... Uh, yeah, I mean... It's it's full of action. You don't really connect with the characters like on any emotional level. They're all funny. Like they all mm-hmm. have funny moments and stuff like that. But you don't yeah. like they, he tries a little bit to like make you kind of care for them. But you don't you don't really care for them. You just want to see the, all the crazy shit that's going to go down. Uh, oh, how yeah, many definitely. cars and how many people have been destroyed in this movie is <laughs> I wish you could keep count on anything that happened. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's probably at least 2. At yeah, at least. At least <laughs> Very two. least 2. Um I actually took a page out of your book. That was your last movie, right? That was. I took a page out of your book this week and only watched two movies. You uh, disgust me. Not including I looked Cuff up Russell. to you. <laughs> uh, and the first one I watched is a Canadian uh, horror sci-fi body horror movie called The Void. Essentially, it's about like this cult that like takes over a hospital in Canada and tries to sacrifice people to gods and shit like that uh, I, yeah, I, I think that was it it was just kind of I, I didn't care for it it was dumb you could tell they were going for more gore than you know a coherent plot yeah uh, it, it just didn't grab my interest I, I i understand this has a big following in the horror community that's mainly because of the special effects special effects were great but like i i just didn't care about anything in it um so if you consider yourself a horror fan, definitely check it out. If not, you can definitely pass it. Um, I say, we know people out there who would probably love it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, then I watch Andre Tarkovsky's masterpiece called Stalker, um, which is more toned down sci-fi movie about these this this place called The Zone in Russia. It's, it's a 1979 Russian film. Um, it's this place called the zone where this accident happened and now there's this thing in this accident that can grant people's deepest wishes and it's like the journey to get there and now that i know andre tarkovsky's style is like long drawn out shots mm-hmm. it was much easier to watch than solaris uh, i'm gonna have to rewatch solaris because i didn't really care for it but like i wasn't else i also wasn't expecting it tarkovsky movie because i hadn't seen a tarkovsky movie before that yeah um but you know when you go in expecting long drawn out shots it's actually really good a little bit easier for yourself yeah and the the uh the set is incredible for it they shot this movie three times more or less completely because of the first the first um film that they made was uh destroyed because the uh the lab that they had developed the negatives didn't know how to develop it, so it was all fucked up. So then they had to reshoot it. I forget why it had to be reshot a third time. I think Tarkovsky, yeah, I think Tarkovsky just didn't like it, so they reshot it a, th- a third time. Um, and that's, I mean, you definitely have like parts from two and one in yeah. the first in the film, but like they reshot a lot of it, 
And if you see this film, you know that's got to be hell because they're just in like the most disgusting ruins of, I believe they're in Bosnia or, oh, at Estonia, I think. Mm. One of those Soviet countries, they were in like these ruins that were just filled with water all the time. It was really gross. Three of the main people involved of it died before they were 60 years old from like health complications, probably from being around like black mold and and uh, asbestos and shit like that. So it's so not a not a good it's thing. Insane. Yeah. At least it became like I shouldn't say at least because people you know people died got got <laughs> sick and died. But yeah. uh, at least it became a masterpiece at the end of it. Really, yeah. It's well, it's a it's a really good movie. If you go in expect a slow moving just dread of a movie, not not like it's made poorly. It's just very depressing and and um you know examines humanity and shit like that so it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's a rough watch but it's i highly recommend it if you're up for that kind of thing um yeah but that's all i watched okay uh i do have one bit of news which yeah, is I more i don't have anything yeah you know with the coronavirus shit going on there's nothing new uh however there is a little bit of good news for fans of Tom Hardy, his film Al Capone is coming to Netflix, I think. It's going to be streaming. I know that. I don't know if it's going to be yeah. Netflix. It's possible they might do that like early release shit where you have to pay $20. But that might be the first one that I actually do for. Because okay. I love Tom Hardy. Al Capone's a very interesting character. And I think he's just going to kill it. Um, yeah, I've seen him in the makeup and everything. I haven't seen much about it, though. Oh, yet. yeah. It, it looks really good. Um, if If you got a... A, a chance to i uh suggest checking out the trailer but yeah capone is coming to streaming that's a little bit of positive news if there's any positive news in this time um for movies and wow. uh look at that yeah thank you tom hardy for your beautiful face thank that you, is tom covered hardy. up in makeup <laughs> so with that being said we should just jump right on into the review shall we mm-hmm Kung Fu Hustle, directed and written by Stephen Chow, also written by Sang Kang Chong, and I'm not going to pull a Glenn and get rid of these two people. Stand by. But you will do what <laughs> we both do, and, <laughs> and good luck with the, the names. <laughs> uh, Xing Huo and Man Kuang Chan are all the writers. Again, prefacing this by apologizing in advance for all the terrible pronunciations it is starring Stephen chow uh xiong geng fen wa yung xio dong and ki yung uh probably butcher those to kingdom come but we'll see <laughs> actually we won't say i don't know anyone that speaks cantonese or mandarin to correct me or not um but kung fu hustle is about Shanghai, China in the 1940s, a wannabe gangster aspires to join the notorious Axe Gang while residents of a housing complex exhibit extraordinary powers in defending their turf. Uh, unlike Glenn, I did not butcher that. And this movie... <laughs> <laughs> this movie was released in America in 2005. It was a wide release, which for back then for this kind of movie is incredible. Yeah. You know... That it was a wide release of a foreign movie that 
you know, isn't like a, a major Oscar runner. Uh, it was nominated for Best Film, not in the English language, in the Golden Globes, but that's about it. And when I saw this in theaters, I just lost my shit. It was so funny. And I just wanted to rewatch it. You know, I, I'd been seeing a lot of clips for it and, uh, you know, seeing the landlady being compared to, uh, you know, Mar um, Marvel. What was her name? Captain Marvel and uh, Wonder Woman and people just saying, oh, those are strong women. No, they're not. Not <laughs> no, compared not. to Landlady. Not in comparison here. <laughs> Landlady is the strongest person in the world <laughs> and she will kill everyone at some point. I'm, I'm convinced of that. She's going to turn evil and kill everyone uh, yeah this, not this really. she's is, she's pure she's pure and good this is one of those movies that i try to watch at least once a year yeah uh because it was just, it was just one of those movies where my dad like me and my dad went to blockbuster and we're like hey what uh what do we feel like watching this weekend mm -hmm. you know remember those old blockbuster days us uh, us millennials here uh, those were good times back then. And we picked up this movie. Me and my dad really liked uh, Kung Fu movies back in the day, day mm -hmm. you know? And this is sincerely one of the best ones I've ever watched with him. And so it, like, holds a strong memory. Oh, yeah. Like, between that and Legend of uh, the Drunken Master, like, yeah. they're both, oh, my God. But this, <laughs> my dad, I never listened to my dad laugh so hard. I mean, myself as well, but just, you know, that man never laughs. <laughs> Mm -hmm. just a serious man it's it's incredible how much of this i remembered too like oh, yeah. essentially every scene i remembered a shot perfectly in my head like oh this shot's gonna come uh like the the part is gonna come up where the guy with his ass cheeks hanging out is gonna <laughs> just like shake his head in a weird way while he has shampoo still on his head and it's just like random shit like that that is inconsequential for the most part is just it's just such a memorable film mm -hmm. and like it's i i was still laughing my ass off like i was the first day just the fucking ridiculous dance that the axe gang does in the yeah, beginning in the beginning like yeah. like my, my, i think my favorite part of this entire movie unfortunately is in the beginning but it's still you know the the rest of the movie's still great. My favorite part of this film is when the uh, the main the main axe gang guy, whose uh, name in the film is Brother Sum. Oh yeah, Sum. He uh, tells this woman that she's free to go, and then shoots her in the back with a shotgun, <laughs> and then just this, does this really goofy dance when before he sh throws the shotgun to his <laughs> to his his assistant, his right hand man, and it's just. It takes such, such a a jab at such a serious moment. Like it goes from being like, "Oh shit, this guy's for real," and it just makes him look they, like a complete everybody fool. Just start dancing. Yeah, they just start dancing. It's so so goofy and and God, the writing in this is incredible too. Like I I don't know. Do you watch with dub or uh, subtitles? So I usually watch with dub. Um, I watched with sub this time. I've mm -hmm. watched it a few times with sub. No, I mainly. I do now because you said there was some jokes that I like that there are that you yeah. miss in English, which yeah. there actually weren't that many that you miss really. It's it's more so the one there's one joke in it that I feel like doesn't work in the dub version. Yeah, it's when he quotes Uncle Uncle Ben in Spider Man in yeah. Cantonese, and then he quotes Sean Connery in The Untouchables in English. And the guy just goes, I don't understand what you're saying, but that joke doesn't play well when both people are speaking English because mm -hmm. it's just like it doesn't make sense that way because they still keep him saying the line in English. Yeah. But it just it it doesn't that's and that's one of like the funniest jokes 
to me is this guy's dying and he, he yeah. his, his last <laughs> words are a <laughs> Sean Connery <Power>. movie. <laughs> what are you compelled to do? I don't understand <laughs> what you're saying. It's it's so funny and and uh, but yeah, other than that, the, I did read somewhere that the scripts are like completely different, and that's mainly because they gotta like try to line up the. Uh, the the yeah, voiceover the, the with the, the lips. So I it, say, I, from what I remember, there wasn't that many. Yeah, from like many things that you really miss between the two. But, but obviously, there's some subtle jokes like that. Yeah, like that that's my favorite joke of the entire thing. Yeah. And so like when I watched that in dub because I was watching it with a friend who hated subtitles, I was just like, oh, you don't know what you're missing right now. <laughs> like like he didn't even laugh at that part, and I was yeah. just like, you are missing out because that is a fucking funny joke in subtitles. Um, because it makes more sense. It's not so oh, yeah. much that it's like a different joke. What? It just How makes more sense. Compelled to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so funny. There, and, um, there was a moment that I, I watched in this 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 run that like I had never noticed before. Yeah. So when the two assassins are like they go to the the village and then the like, musician assassins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they they like go and then when the the landlady like comes in and yells to stop, mm-hmm. like you you'll see them both like like look. And I never noticed before that the blind one looks completely the op- opposite direction of where oh, she you, is. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I never, I never even looked for that. So now like I'm gonna you, have to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah. So you watch, you watch the one who obviously has his sight, like yeah. look directly at her, but then the other one's just like what, and then looks the completely opposite direction from where uh, she is. That's fucking hilarious. There's like small uh, moments like that that really make this movie. He, yeah. There's a lot of really good detail in this. And, like, I think the best way to sum this up is I think it was a Roger Ebert mm-hmm. um, quote where it said it's like Kill Bill and Looney Tunes combined. It really, that and And that kind of nails yeah. it because it's, it's like the violence and the ridiculousness of Kill Bill combined with the absolute cartoonishness, including, like, the ridiculous run where, like, you don't see their legs. It just looks like their legs are going in their yeah. wheels. And... It, it, that's just the best way to put it. It is very Looney Tunish, and it's it's so funny. Like it's so perfect for it for the way. It Stephen takes Chow it. is the main character who's trying to be tough but isn't. That scene where he's trying to find someone to fight and yeah. keeps coming up with excuses. I still laugh at that. I know exactly what's going to happen, but How it's you just shorty, done. Come here, and then he yeah, it's, ends it's up being like so ten well. feet tall. He's like, "Hey, I thought we weren't cheating. Come on." Yeah, you should. <laughs> then he, he picks the old man who's buff, and then he picks a kid who's buff, and it's just so no one so wants none to you fight. Want to fight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, it's such a great great film, and I could have sworn like I, I went back and ch- I could have sworn I did this for a Glenn's Day. But apparently I didn't. I'm kind of glad that I didn't because now we get to actually like sit down and talk. Oh, about yeah. It. I, the, I, I might have at some point. I don't remember for a uh, my recommendation Mondays. But that's the past. We're in the future. Yeah, we're in the future. And I just really wanted to rewatch this movie. Yeah, this 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 movie is so good. It, it mixes up like comedy so well with like the craziness of like what you would see in like kung fu movies. Oh, yeah. Like takes it to the top. Definitely, yeah. and like, and and doesn't go too far with it. Like it's just at this perfect pace. Oh yeah, and, and it, it creates the world, which is believable. Like the fact that Looney Tunes shit happens in this world is not mm-hmm. just like it doesn't take you out of it. It's just like that. That's that's, that's what this world is. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> like when he throws the firecracker over the yeah. fence and it scares him, but he tr- still tries to act tough. And he's just like, just just remember what happens next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, 
Shit, what was it? Uh, the, the movie references, too. There's so many movie oh, references. There's so many movie references. And honestly, that's something that I probably didn't quite get back in 2005 when I first watched it, because there's a lot of movies in there that I didn't watch until later on. And it's... Now, see, this movie did it well. Like, this movie, like, put in movie references well. And, like, mm-hmm. so I just watched Six Underground, and I don't want to bring back to that, but they forcibly they like do a bunch of scenes in the movie where they like forcibly just quote a bunch of movies and they're like we're done doing movie quotes and then they keep doing movie quotes instead of like coming up with their own lines i fucking hate that shit like make it part of the world don't don't mention the movie if you're going to do movie quotes like it it was pretty bad like it it ran throughout the whole movie where they're all just doing movie quotes like it's either it's either a joke that someone gets or doesn't like the best i can kind of bring an example of this is in Muppets Most Wanted in in Muppets Most Wanted it's it takes place right after the Muppets where you know everyone is successful and they're trying to figure out what to do for their sequel mm-hmm. and this the Swedish chef goes flurgen bergen jurgen dergen and it's it's black and white him playing chess with death on a beach which is from Ingmar Bergman's uh um the seventh seal Ingmar Bergman is a Swedish director, so of course Swedish Chef is gonna fucking reference <laughs> reference the mm-hmm. uh, the the Swedish masterpiece that is the Seventh Seal. I was the it was a sold out auditorium, and I was the only one that laughed. And that is what a movie reference should be. Like if only one person has seen that movie, only one person laughs. It's supposed to be an inside joke, not like a a you know, oh, that this is from that movie, that is from this movie. If they recognize it but don't remember the movie, let them try to figure out what movie it's from. Like, that's part of the fun. Yeah, at one point, even uh, Ryan Reynolds just turned, he, they're like interrogating a guy. He's like, if you had one shot, you know, one opportunity, and like just did this whole Eminem, like that Eminem line. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, stop, please. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is better than that. Oh, he's completely better than that. Yeah. So it was, you could tell it was forced. He's just like, mm-hmm. would you seize everything you ever want, like wanted or just slip or whatever the fuck the lyrics are. I can't remember. Yeah. But I mean, that was forced. This movie did fantastic with it. Absolutely. Like the, 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 when they're going to let the beast out and he looks down the hallway and it just turns into like the shining mm-hmm. with the blood coming out past the door. It's just shit like that. Like, they don't bring that up ever again. They don't <laughs> even then, acknowledge it. And then he picks the lock. All he does is, like, bend the paperclip in half and then yeah. just, like, picks the, this huge locked door with all these locks just unlocks it with that. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. like, think. <laughs> it's funny little details like that. Have you seen of Stephen Chow's other films? No, I just saw that he was basically, like, 40 years old when he was in this movie. He looks oh, yeah, so he's, much younger than that. Yeah, he's he's in better shape than definitely me and probably you. Like just oh, for sure. <laughs> like he's just in incredibly good shape. He's an ageless wonder at this point. Like I just worked um, out for the first time today. Yeah. <laughs> in probably almost two years. His his most famous movie is probably Shaolin. A famous in America. Where like China is a different story because yeah. he's he's huge in China. But uh, Shaolin Soccer. I'm sure you've at least heard of. Yeah, that's that's one um, that I've been meaning to watch too. I because I could tell there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of similarities yeah. between the two. I rented it after um, watching this, and I don't remember liking it as much. But you know, I, I think I want to revisit it now that I've kind of have the separation between them. Yeah, uh, I've seen two of his other movies. Uh, the first one is the Journey Journey to the West, which is based off of a, um, I think it's like a Chinese folktale 
I forget exactly what it is. There's an American movie based off that that's terrible because it's whitewashing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a movie with Jackie Chan who was in it, and then uh, it's an American movie with Jackie Chan and Jet Li. It's not the Drunken Masters because Forbidden Kingdom. There we so go. So it's the Legend of the Forbidden Kingdom, uh, but done in like the a similar style to Kung Fu Hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Journey to the West. And then they, he had another movie come out called The Mermaid, and it was like the number one grossing movie of uh, what year was that? It's amazing, like his span of like how long he's gone since he made movies. Oh yeah, two thousand thirteen. It was like the number number one uh, number one gross movie of two uh, thousand thirteen, and I watched it, and it's pretty funny. Like it's not Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah level but it's there's still really good parts like there's this one part where this half man half octopus is pretending to be a a like a hibachi chef and accidentally cuts off his tentacles and it's it's just again like it's just stupid shit like that and it's just it's really funny and i'm glad to see that he's still kind of sticking to that style yeah definitely want to check some more stuff out because this movie is honestly it's it's pretty much perfect in my opinion yeah. like it's always going to be a movie that i go back like i try not to rewatch movies but it's definitely one of the top ones mm-hmm. that i will always go back to like that with the thing um mm-hmm. the departed a little bit is one of the movies we'll always go back to definitely. warriors another one for me but like this one's always it's i always try to make it like a yearly thing to yeah. try to rewatch it yeah i, I gotta start doing that because it's been far too long but, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's safe to say that we can move on to the judgment. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not even going to, you know, drag this out at all. It's a no for me. Yeah. Just def- kidding. Hell no for me. Just kidding. It's a hell yes. <laughs> can I get a hell yeah? Can, can we? It's an opposite day here. <laughs> yeah, this is an absolute yes, no yeah. matter what. Absolute shelf boy. So, King, King, the King, the Kung, the, the Kung of Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. It's a shelf boy. <laughs> Jesus, I can't talk today. And yeah, so that brings us to plugs for next week. I will go first since it is my week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really tried hard to find something that wasn't a TV show because I've done TV shows for the past like three or four weeks or something. I've just been finding a lot of good TV shows that I feel like not enough people are talking about. Um, this one is a Zach Galifianakis show called Baskets. It is on Hulu, all four seasons of it. And Holy it, crap. Uh, it is about a a. Did you watch all four seasons just like this last week? I'm still I I'm in season four right now, okay. but uh, it's at I was the like, point Ozark where like, was a stretch, but <laughs> whoa, <laughs> it's, it's only ten episodes a season, and it's thirty okay. minutes an episode. But it's it's still just, um, you know, I'm still in season four, but it's past the point where like I know it's a good show. Uh, so Zach Galifianakis plays Chip Baskets and Dale Baskets. Uh, he, they play twin bro- he plays twin brothers. Chip Baskets is a failing French clown who looks to keep his dream uh, of becoming a professional clown alive. Will you marry me? You must understand I don't love you. Maybe you could learn to love me, you know, like when you hear those nice stories about arranged marriages or Stockholm Syndrome. Being a clown is the most important thing in the world to be. You look like a clown, but you are not a clown. I am a clown! His mother is played by Louie Anderson um, in a remarkable role, honestly. Like, you think it'd just be goofy, but it's like you believe him as a mom. It's interesting. It's that, <laughs> it's that great. But that's on Hulu. That's Baskets, and okay. it is great. So check it out. 
All right. Um, for me, it's going to be a making of the Wonner from the movie Extraction on we are Netflix. On the set of our movie for Netflix, and it's action packed. This is the location where we start the Wonner, which is a series of long shots that we join together seamlessly to form a single continuous shot. Begins in a car chase, and ends up on the street. There's knife fights, gunfights. It's good fun. <laughs> and you can just find that on YouTube. It's just right there. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the movie extraction. Like I said before, is it's actually a really good movie. And they do this uh, action sequence in like the beginning of the movie, almost like almost right before the second act. Mm-hmm. That is just this one really long scene. Um, where it's just full-on action. This guy is like on the hood of a car. The director himself is on the hood of a car filming this whole scene, and like he's jumping into another car and everything like that. And it's it's really sick. Though the shot itself in the movie is insane. If you're just sitting there and watching it, that's awesome. And like it, it since it's a one shot, it can't be like a stunt double. It's got to be Chris Hemsworth and like yeah. a bunch of the other actors. So like everything about that whole scene and the movie itself is really good, really well done in my my opinion. And, like, that scene alone just, like, kind of was, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it sets the tone for the whole movie. It's, it's nice. good. So that is Baskets on Hulu and Making of the Wonder from Extraction, which you can find on YouTube. Those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to whatever our assignment is for next week, which, Glenjamin Button, it is your honor this it, week. What? It is my turn. What are we watching for next week's episode? We, uh, I, listen, there's not enough ever Sam Rockwell in in this. So I confer. So uh, we're going to do that. We're going to watch some more Sam Rockwell. But this time, we got a little bonus this week. We're going to have Anna Kendrick in it as well. So I saw on Netflix, there's this movie with both of those, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, called Mr. Right that came out in 2015. It's rated R. It's action comedy romance. It's got the whole shebang. And I say that while Sam Rockwell's holding two uh, magnums in my face on the screen. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Supposed to be in Milwaukee killing your husband. So why are you here? Murder's wrong, Sharon. But you're a hitman. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Was I cheating on you? Maybe. Happening? Do I just suck? No! Am I just like, oh, oh, suck ball, McGee? You're just a work in progress, babe. Oh. How'd you do that? It's a lot of condoms. Um, it's got the whole shebang. So, a girl falls for the perfect guy who happens to have a very fatal flaw. He's a hitman on the run from the crime cartels who employ him. Damn, I didn't mess that shit up at all, boy. As directed that was by. Nice. Uh, Paco uh, Cabezas, uh, written by Max Landis. Obviously, it stars Anna Kendrick, Sam Rockwell, Tim Roth, uh, James Ransone, and uh, Rizzo's in there, too. It's it, it should be hopefully good for us. Hopefully. Yeah. And where can we watch that again? That is on Strictly. What I saw is Netflix. Netflix. So, Mr. Right on Netflix is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can follow us at our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com, on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review. Twitter, Keystone underscore 
film. I messed up. And then on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until we talk about some Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendricks. And their whole shebangs. And their whole shebangs. Hopefully a lot of shebangs. I like mm. I like both of them, so bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>